Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. We can sit here and we're gonna, we can say it 10 times over. Just keep it in mind. The preseason, no games are won and lost, right? Nobody really cares about the final score. I think the offense looked okay overall, even though this was a group that did not score a touchdown. You even gave kind of a face about that and we can get into it. Um, But some of the things we can take away from the preseason are some of the players the Dolphins wanted to look at, Um, specifically some players they wanted to carve a role for, right? Maybe these aren't guys who are going to come in there and have a, you know, 50%, 60% of the workload. Uh, But Josh, one of the players that stuck out right away that the Dolphins are clearly trying to develop some sort of um, unique role for Devon A-Chain. He played 50% of Miami's offensive snaps. And um, Mr. Film over here, Joshua, at Houts on Twitter, at Houts on YouTube, no, that's you're going to have to replug your YouTube for me in a second. But what do you see at a Devon A chain, especially when you go through and watch when you watch this game, maybe two, three times over? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, right? I mean, I think he had two and a half yards per carry on the ground, but it almost seemed like the Dolphins knew he was explosive to the outside. So they wanted to try to run him between the tackles a little bit and, and see how much of a workload he could take on. So um, I was excited when we heard Raheem Mostert wasn't going to play, you know, that we were going to get this opportunity to see Devon A-Chain. And, um, you know, he was making plays in the passing game. You saw him when he would flank out wide, you know, just the type of mismatch that creates and then just how well he was running the football. I mean, you can see a little bit of that unique explosiveness. He was good in pass protection can come out of the backfield and make plays so um, I'm liking what the Dolphins are seeing out of him but I mean I don't think anybody should sit here and you know say Devon A. Chain's the next Barry Sanders like someone crazy like I did just a few week, weeks ago Um, and we got to give a shout out to Chris Brooks I think his name's on this list somewhere but he ran hard I mean he looked like he wanted to make a roster so a lot of those running backs shine but I'm excited to see what Devon A. Chain becomes the closer we get to the season and then how Mike McDaniel uses him when the regular season comes. Yeah uh, Devon A. Chain it's so interesting because, again, we don't take anything 100% to the truth of it, right? Uh, so pro football focus on Devon A-Chain, both of his pass protection snaps, they said he surrendered pressures on both of them. So it's interesting to hear about how on Twitter, you know, everyone's like, yeah, he's 
great in pass pro and, and PFF, said he might have struggled a little bit. I think the line in the middle might be that he's good enough, at least early on. Uh, the question might be once he's playing against NFL-level guys, maybe not be second and third stringers. Uh, but, man, I look at the four receptions on four targets for 41 yards. That's just like the model of consistency. And what are your thoughts on having a running back that's going to be able to do that? I think we kind of assume Raheem Mostert can do that. We kind of assume Jeff Wilson can do that. But one of the biggest weaknesses of this offense last year was that inability to move the ball downfield when that dink and dunk isn't really available, not really something Tua's looking at as his first or second read. Yeah, I mean, it's a game changer. Hopefully that's the first thing Tua does, right? They rely on these running backs more to check down in key situations. But just to think about your, you know, motioning Devon A-Chain out there. You got Tyree Kill mm -hmm. in a regular season game, Jalen Waddle, and then you got Devon A-Chain lined up with maybe a linebacker, you know, a, a corner, a number four corner, whatever it might be. That's a mismatch. So it's awesome to see a guy that can go out there and make these, uh, you know, run the routes he can, make plays with his hands. But again, like you said, Raheem Moster can do the same. We saw Jeff Wilson do the same. Salvin Ahmed and Miles Gaskin can do the same. Our group, again, excited to see what uh, Mike McDaniel, how he uses Devon A-Chain. But yeah, man, that, that's a mismatch nightmare right there. And the Dolphins just got to figure out a way to use him, right? Figure out a way to get this entire running back room touches. And that's probably why they haven't made a move for Dalvin Cook yet, because there are just so many decent to you know good running backs in this room that i don't know that you need a dalvin cook as crazy as that sounds i don't think that's so crazy and you talk about the idea of like carving out roles you think at, about the idea of what a chain did how about miles gaskin man this is someone only played 15 snaps um but he kind of looked like that guy when you're playing rec league basketball he might be a few years older than everyone else he's got the high set socks on he's got the uh, headband on and he just has like the nicest bound bounce passes ever right he's getting that quiet triple double he's he's hitting those corner shots but nobody keeps him covered I mean seven carries 57 yards he had a long of 35 so if we want to be that guy and, and ignore his greatest play like let's say everything just fell apart that play he averaged six or excuse me 3.6 yards per carry if you take away that big run so Josh when you also sprinkle in the fact two receptions on two targets for 20 yards what did you think about Miles Gaskin's performance? And does it have any say, any impact on how the Miami Dolphins approach the depth at the running back position? I really don't know the answer to that question because I mentioned Chris Brooks as well. I mean, they got a lot of running backs that can play well, and you would hate to see Miles Gaskin go. I mean, there was a point where he was RB1, right? I mean, I yep. picked him up Two in years, fantasy keeper leagues where, you know, that's how dire things look. So um, I don't know what it means for the room and how many guys they keep or how this battle looks, but um, he absolutely stood out, right? I mean, you're watching the game, those first few drives. I mean, Miles Gaskin was making plays, making defenders miss, and running hard. He just looks like a guy that, you know, knows he's battling for a spot, and if he doesn't land in Miami – you know, maybe another team calls and picks him up. I keep having, I don't remember when it was, but I think I had a dream that he ended up on the Giants to back up Saquon Barkley at, for some reason at one point. So um, I don't know if that'll happen, but I mean, you see the way he's running. Maybe they can get some trade value out of him, mm -hmm. right? I mean, again, don't want to see Miles Gaskin go, but I think we all agree that Salvin Ahmed's a tier above him on the depth chart. Um, if Miles Gaskin keeps running like that, I mean, they're definitely going to have some tough questions to answer the closer they get to cut day. River Craycraft played 42 snaps. That's 64% of Miami's offensive snaps. Josh, what's more surprising, the fact that River Craycraft was on the field more than any other Miami Dolphins wide receiver or that fact that he was on the field more than any other receiver and he only had one target and one reception for 14 yards? 
that last part for sure. I mean, it is kind of crazy how much uh, he was on the field, but when you think about how we've heard it before, he's almost like another coach out there with how well he knows the system. So having him in the huddle, being able to communicate things there, I mean, that probably meant value to a lot of these guys. But the fact he only had one catch on one target for 14 yards with all those reps, that's a little surprising to me. But we got to remember Craig Crafts around because I think a lot of us are overlooking him when we talk about that wide receiver three battle or this wide receiver depth chart. I mean, River Craycraft can make some plays. Yeah, I wonder if you think of guys like River Craycraft and Miles Gaskin, them being out there, um, just kind of that calming presence in a way, that veteran leadership on the field that kind of uh, keep things on the track, I guess is the best way to say it, uh, especially when you're playing these, you know, first round rookie or first year rookies, I should say. Uh, Josh, another interesting one, Cedric Wilson Jr., someone who's been linked to trade talks throughout the offseason. You kind of wonder if early in the preseason, they kind of display him in a way to try to maybe boost his trade value, see if they can move on from him. Uh, he played 30 snaps, but just one reception on two targets for 17 yards. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was a screenplay too, right? I think mm-hmm. uh, there was a screen pass at the bottom of the screen to um, Cedric Wilson. So, yeah, I think it kind of goes back to Miles Gaskin. They want to give these guys opportunities because the best they can do is go out there and play well, and then you got a team picking up the phone, hopefully calling for him. But um, Cedric Wilson, I was kind of was like, oh, shit, Cedric Wilson's going to have a game today after that first early on uh, screen for, I believe, it was a first down. And then after that, it was just all kind of downhill. So, uh, we'll see, man. I, I feel like Cedric Wilson's on the roster because of his salary, and once they can move on from that, he, he's a goner. I committed the worst sin as a podcaster. I did not look up this guy's name beforehand. So, uh, Alama Aluve, I'm going to go with that. Uh, please, please, please correct me if I'm wrong, and I guarantee I am wrong. Uh, Josh, at center, he played 100% of snaps for the Miami Dolphins because Connor Williams was out, Dan Finney was out. One sack, three hurries, six pressures allowed. Maybe the only guy out there to play 100% of the snaps. What were the Miami Dolphins thinking of trying to see him out there when you have a solidified center at Connor Williams and you had a guy like Liam Eikenberg supposedly taking snaps earlier um, earlier in the preseason? I think it was June training camps or OTAs, something like that, where he was under, under center. Yeah, well, I think you named, uh, nailed that name, but you, I'm the last person you want to <laughs> reference with that. But I, I think what they probably saw was Liam Eikenberg out there a little bit, and they said, okay, we can't be doing this. Let's give these other guys a chance. I mean, I, I think it's nice to have that depth there, the fact that, you know, they kept Connor Williams out. We know how important is that offensive line, but the fact that he played 100% of the reps, and I don't think there was ever a time when, I mean, okay, granted I'm old, like that I don't know that there was ever a time when I looked at that center position and thought you know oh that's just you know the third string guy you know that's just a guy that's sitting here trying to battle for a roster spot so it speaks volumes for how well he played and um I was just gonna say though they probably saw Liam Eikenberg and said we gotta do something else here at center <laughs> because he's not gonna get us through this first preseason game Lester Cotton Robert Jones Josh they were both absolutely awesome um Robert right, Jones, after, right was- after you just you just made us the Lester Cotton uh bandwagon right that was just like a last pot or something like that who would have thought had a very clean game there on the interior at guard he had a uh, no pressures allowed played 71 percent of snaps man uh lester cotton robert jones say you gotta pick one who you keep it i i think they're gonna find a way to keep both of these guys i wonder if one of them can kind of compete for a starting job i think isaiah a uh, win played well enough where he's gonna complete for left guard but do either of these guys maybe have a shot for starting yeah, I'm going to say Robert Jones. I think if I had to keep one of those guys, I think I'd keep him around. I think he's a guy that showed promise and potential over the last few seasons. 
with di- with the rotating, you know, list of offensive line coaches have come through, the different people that they try to – the squares they try to fit in the round holes. So, yeah, I think both these guys can probably make the roster with their depth, their value in that area. But I think if one of those guys I had to sit here and say they're going to compete for a starting gig and they're probably going to start some games this year, I'm going to go with Robert Jones. I agree. I think what he was starting – but at week two, I think last year for the Dolphins, just kind of sticking around uh, from start to finish. Josh, pick your poison at defensive tackle. The Dolphins are looking for really one guy behind, you know, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, yada, yada, yada. Brandon Peely, uh, four tackles, one tackle for a loss and a quarterback hit. Jalen Twyman coming out of nowhere, 61% of snaps played. He had three tackles and a sack. Who really stood out to you? Yeah, both guys did. I mean, if we're being honest, but I'm going to stick with uh, Brandon Peely, right? I mean, you mentioned him in our Acorn podcast. We kind of been, we jumped on the bandwagon at that point. So I'd like to see him stick around on the roster. But the fact that we came into this thinking that defensive tackle, we needed depth there for sure, you know, bringing a veteran. I thought they played pretty well, especially those young guys. So Twyman, um, he stood out. I mean, he had, he did the little, uh, was it, is it the um, LeBron James celebration after a sack or whatever so. it is? Yeah, I, I shouldn't do that motion, but you know who I mean. He, <laughs> he did that, and then he also got called for that bad, bad, um, unsportsman, unnecessary roughness or whatever it was. But overall, I thought both guys played well, and when you have a unit like defensive tackle that needs depth pieces, um, let the cream rise to the top. So big fan of Brandon Peely, but I have you to thank for that. One name that really stuck out to me was Channing Tindall. He played 74% of snaps. He was really in charge of piloting the defense for most of the afternoon. Finished with 10 tackles. Josh, he only had one missed tackle on the day, according to Pro Football Focus, and even got to the quarterback for a sack. Uh, Targeted twice as a defender against the pass. He allowed two receptions, Josh, but it was just for 13 yards. And I don't necessarily think Channing Tindall played well, but what I did see is someone who might be able to come in and, and just kind of Like I said, keep the train on the tracks. There are going to be a lot of talented players all throughout this defense. He's starting to look like someone being a former third-round pick who might be able to come in and and just be that, you know, consistent backup you like to have as a, you know, third-round pick. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think you, you know, blew the doors off anything by any stretch of the imagination. You're not going to sit here and say you found your linebacker of the future, but you're not going to discredit that, right? I mean, we saw a significant jump from at least what we saw last season and preseason, then what we continue to hear. I mean, that was a guy we were all pretty stoked about when Vic Fangio came in, you know, seeing what Channing Tindall could do. And then you started to hear rumors that, you know, he might be falling out with his coaching staff. He might not be able to cut it. And to see him go out there the first preseason game and, and look alive, I mean, he was making plays, coming off blocks, you know, uh, blowing things up. And he looked like he had control of that defense, like you mentioned, kind of being the quarterback there. So um, excited to see the way that growth goes because, again, linebacker is a huge need for the Dolphins. And if you can get something out of Channing Tindall, a guy who college looks so promising did so many things well to see even just a little bit of that translate into this game it was awesome so go check out my twitter at house i think i just did a cut up one chanting tindall because again i think i mentioned before he's kind of like a need for speed or sonic shoe with twisted metal in him i mean this guy can go sideline to sideline he's a heat seeking missile and we need that type of player in the middle of the dolphins defense um so i like the way he stood out another guy that stood out jake why don't you tell us a little about aubrey miller you got that Want tell us a little bit about Aubrey Miller, a guy that we've been pretty stoked on throughout the entire season. Yeah, he's surely got um, a test drive, that's for sure. Um, 35 snaps, 65%, Josh, two tackles. Uh, he seemed pretty raw. I think there are a few missed tackles out there. He might have cut, uh, attacked a few wrong holes at different times. But overall, I think this is someone who might um, be quickly working towards a spot on that practice squad. You know, you never hope for injuries, but someone you can kind of develop into that play caller at the second level at linebacker. 
Yeah, and he's going to come in and do things on special teams that some of these other guys might not be able to. So the fact that he can leave that lasting hit, like you mentioned, did look like a deer in the headlights at times, but this was an undrafted acorn getting his first action in the NFL. Definitely some promise there. And again, when the linebacker unit is so weak, when you need depth in any way possible to see a guy like Aubrey Miller play as well as he did, a guy like Chan Tindall, um, it was definitely nice to see. And I bet Vic Fangio Fangio felt pretty good about it too. The final guy, Josh, I want to talk about here, I – you know, we talk about the Dolphins so much, and there's still, especially that first preseason game and maybe even the third, where there are guys taking the field, and I'm like, who? I, I don't even realize some of the names that come out there, and it really catches me off guard, but cornerback Kedron Smith, he played 70 or 57% of snaps, Josh. Two tackles, two passes defended, one reception allowed on three targets. Is there any chance there could maybe be a shakeup in that cornerback um, room, a position we already thought was kind of deep for the Dolphins? Yeah, definitely. And this was a guy that I think I only heard his name in training camp because he had an interception or something one day and everybody's tweeting about it. So, yeah, man, it's crazy that even as much as we cover it, there are still guys that come up that you're like, is this a real player? Are they just screwing <laughs> with us? But, uh, yeah, I think with the way that I think with the way that secondary is going, you know, the gray area with Cam Smith, there's absolutely a chance that Smith can stick on the roster. And based off the preseason, based off some of the early signs at camp, he seems like he's a playmaker at least. Josh, who are some of the players that might have surprised you the performance they had on Friday night? Because, um, you know, I keep feel like a broken record when I say players looking to carve and develop roles. And this scares me to say because I think something we've always joked about is the idea of Mike McDaniel finding his Debo Samuel in Miami, right? This idea of Tyree kills the new Debo Samuel, which is a ridiculous to say. Josh, Eric Azucama. Is, is, is it true? Is it happening? Is he the new Debo Samuel? Can we say it? Is it happening? Yeah, man, you can say it. I have okay. no issue with that. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Say it. Put put that on him. I mean, he, to me, he just uh, did a little bit of everything, right? I mean, I love the way he ran on some of those end rounds, the spin move he put on, some of the extra yards he was getting. But all I continued to see, you know, when he was taking those those reps was that's probably going to supposed to be Tyree kill, right? That might be Jalen Waddle in a, in a regular season game. So um, I love the way they used him, loved what we saw out of him compared to, you know, during the season. And he was a preseason guy last year, but he kind of fell off during the regular season. It was nice to see him go out there and make plays. So yeah, man, I'm with you. Let's just start calling him Debo right now. Three receptions for 15 yards, but two carries for 52 yards. His 39 yard, 39 yard rush, excuse me, was the longest play of the night for the Miami dolphins. Um, the best ability is availability, Josh. And we heard a lot about how um, Azukama right, might replace Mike Gesicki as that, you know, big slot, I think is the way they like to describe it. Um, what does this mean when your big slot is also running the football? What's happening? I wouldn't see Mike Gesicki doing this. No chance. No, he would have got tackled, tripped up over his own legs <laughs> in the back of the two in, in the back in the backfield. Too soon for that. But yeah, I, I think it's just what type of playmaker that Eric Ezekoma is. I mean, I've made some cut-ups for his college tape, and you do see a guy that can make plays on the ground, through the air, in a variety of different ways. So, um, yeah, man, sign me up. It says that uh, Mike McDaniel can see some of these unicorn-type receivers, unicorn-type players, and wants to bring them in to be part of their offense. But um, it just goes to that battle, right? Braxton Berrios, River Craycraft wants some targets. Robbie Chosen, I mean, cream rises to the top. Let's see if Eric Ezekoma can make plays during the regular season when it matters. But yeah, man, Debo, he's Debo.